Hey there, my name is Fela Abioye, and this is How to Corporate, my digital show about how successful professionals navigate career moves and money matters. Today's topic, how to invest in real estate with my guest, Junius Williams the fourth. Emphasis on the fourth. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, Junius, man, appreciate you joining us today. Uh, this is definitely going to be a very special topic. Um, you know, talking about real estate, talking about wealth and the financial aspect of, you know, just growing one's own wealth, I think is um, something that all of us should be talking about if you haven't already. And I think Junius brings a really, really unique perspective to it. Um, you know, Junius is a real estate development manager. He's done residential, he's done commercial, he's managed over a hundred million um, dollars worth of development projects in the greater Houston area. Uh, he's also a founding um, founder and managing partner of Stratford Capital Partners, which is a real estate development firm and investment firm. And uh, one of his current projects, the Grand Park Square, which is in Third Ward, Houston, if you know anything about Houston, has been nominated as a finalist for the Greater Houston Black Chamber 2021 Pinnacle Award and Upstart Award. So that's just a little bit basics. Yeah. Yes. Hurrah. <laughs> slow clap. Slow clap. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Big ups. So um, now, nah, man, again, first and foremost, man, appreciate you for joining us. So, Absolutely. Thank you. And, you know, you're an investor in Grand Park Square, so project wouldn't happen with without support from, you know, all of our partners, financial partners, vendor partners, broker partners. Man, we it's not just it's not just me. And uh, the Pinnacle Awards are actually this Saturday. So we'll uh, see if we won. So I guess, man, you want to maybe just start from the beginning to maybe tell folks who are listening just a little bit about yourself man, a little bit about your background. Yeah, so I'm a native Houstonian. Actually, uh, I tell people now I, I went to the University of Houston three times. Uh, first, to get my civil engineering degree, um, and I'm a licensed engineer in the state of Texas. Uh, I went back to get my MBA with the focus in real estate and real estate development. And now I'm back for a third time as an adjunct professor um, in the Bauer College of Business teaching graduate students real estate development. Um, when I graduated college the first time, uh, I worked for four years as a consulting engineer to land developers. And uh, I really, really liked, I mean, I just really liked land development. Um, I was an intern at the engineering company when I was in school. And the company I worked for did the Woodlands, they did Wood Trace, they did Sienna, they did Cinco Ranch. I mean, you would see these huge land plans, thousand lot master plan communities or maybe they're not calling them that primary plan communities whatever um and i was like man this is awesome I had, so I, I really wanted to learn about that and uh eventually after working for a number of years for the developers and getting yelled at by the developers i wanted to be on the development side uh i wanted to be on the business side and be you know, be more or less the guy trying to call the shots and trying to get everybody pointed in the right direction or that passion woods for the last four years. So, um, yeah, I've been in development for the last seven years. So really, really, really enjoy what I do. Yeah, no, man, that's, that's, that, that's awesome. That's interesting. Cause I mean, I guess if you think about civil engineering, it's a, 
I mean, maybe it's a natural progression, right? From, you know, working in land development to real estate. I mean, it's kind of go hand, you know, go, goes hand in hand. It makes sense. They do. They do kind of go hand in hand. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, um, I guess what was it for you, right? Like what made you make that leap? Right. I mean, you were clearly, you know, working in that realm, but was it something in particular that you was like, man, this is, I, you know, either I don't, engineering is not what I thought it was going to be, or this just seems like way cooler than what I, you know, went to school for. Um, like most engineers, I think I can say this. Most engineers don't like being engineers. <laughs> 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 most engineers don't like being engineers. Uh, I mean, it's a highly, highly technical field. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel like I could be the best engineer in the city of Houston. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel like I'd have my own engineering company one day. That was never that was never the goal. Um, whereas on the development side, because there's so many different aspects in design, construction, obviously engineering, brokers, there's lending partners, equity partners. You know, there's so many different moving parts that that has really fit my personality more. Um, I always, like when I was in you know, grade school, you know, I played basketball. I was always a point guard, even though I was tall and I liked. It's kind of the same thing. You're kind of the point guard, the quarterback of the project. And you're like, okay, I'm going to throw it to you because you, you're the big man. You you rebound. And mm-hmm. I'm going to get it to this guy because he can build things. So it's kind of the same thing. You're kind of like the linchpin and all these different industries. And uh, I just I just enjoyed it more. Uh, it's a little more fast paced and man, that engineering, man, no. <laughs> you know, I passed the, the yeah. PE, the, yeah. uh, the engineering exam and I was like, this is it. I'm done. I'm not doing this. <laughs> like I got my, my stamp and stuff. I haven't yep. stamped anything yep. and I don't, I don't plan to. No, I mean, it's, I, I, you know, it's funny because I felt like I know a lot of people kind of the same route, right? Like, okay, we, we went to school, you have a degree in X, maybe in a, a law, you know, attorney, right? And you got a legal degree, but you're not really a practicing lawyer, right? Like whatsoever. But uh but I think but I think what's important for that is, you know, for folks that are listening, you don't have to necessarily just do what you went to school for, right? And I think that's the common right. misconception that we were kind of thought or at least taught, you know, growing up was Okay, you went to school, you got a degree, and that was your field, right? That's, that's it. what you that's what you did, right? Based on yeah. whatever it is your degree. But <laughs> I mean, I felt like, especially in today's world, it doesn't really matter what your degree is in, you know, um half the time. It may not matter if you have a degree, honestly. So, you know, it's yeah. um, it I think it just really changed the landscape, just really based on, you know, what you want to do and the the ability to say, okay. You know, I have this technical knowledge. I have this degree. I got a certification, but I'm going to do something else. I think that takes a little bit of courage, too, because, you know, a lot of times people will just stick it out and say, look, man, I done poured X number of years, all of this, you know, I done all this equity into this career. I'm man. not about to abandon it, even though they're miserable. Dude, my, okay. I think my mom cries every time I tell her I'm not. She wanted like all of her, uh, a number of her brothers are engineers. My mm-hmm. dad was an engineer. I got mm-hmm. a cousin that's an engineer. Mm-hmm. And when I told her, I was like, nah, I don't want to do this anymore. Uh, she, I, was, and I was talking to her on the phone. I could just hear like the tear coming down. Her cheek. <laughs> she was like, what? Why don't you? And even now, I should be like, 
sure you don't want to go back to engineering? I'm like, no, no, I'm not sure. So, like, mom, you don't see what I'm doing here? <laughs> I mean, she went, you know, it definitely meant a lot to her. I mean, yep. I don't mind sharing. I mean, I went to school undergrad for six years. I mean, I was three years electrical engineering major. No, <laughs> no, no. So I had three more. I switched majors. Yeah, uh, three more years to finish the engineering degree. Feel like I lost you again. Oh, you're back. Okay, um, you know, but I got the PE. That was the one thing I was like, okay, you know, like lots of us will do things for our parents. I'm like, look, mm -hmm. I got the PE. Put that on the wall, and you could you could still tell people I'm an engineer. <laughs> Technically, <laughs> I and my license my license is active, so just you know, don't ask me to stamp anything, but. <laughs> Yeah, no, but it's it, it's funny because I think that's a part of a lot of people's story. I know it's definitely a part of mine, you know. So it's you know doing things because of family or doing things because your parents, like you know, like similar to you, right? I got the sister and cousins and all these other people that are pharmacists, and that was the route that I was supposed to go, and that was the route that I was going, and I just learned over time, man, this isn't really for me. So you know, and. uh <laughs> But it took me a while to finally just accept that and just move on right to something else. Um, but man, I'm so happy <laughs> that I did because you yeah, know, yeah, you know, yeah. you only get to be here one time. You got to maximize whoever your personality is. Exactly. And uh, I know some pharmacists trying to get out of pharmacists. Pharmacy. Man, I, I I know right a lot. I know a lot. Them. There's no no knock no knock to pharmacists. Yeah. All right, I don't know anybody who's a pharmacist. No, they're <laughs> they're actively trying. Out. So yeah, hey. yeah. Like I said, I I, I know a, a a good number of people who aren't necessarily happy with what they're doing. You know, and it's just for the sake of going to school. And I know that's not necessarily the direction we were going here, but I think it's important to talk talk about that because you know, again, you know, too many times we do we do things for the sake of other people, whether our family, you know, or, or, you know, because we think it's the right thing to do, you know, or it looks good on paper or because we think it makes a lot of money. And that's not really, there doesn't always work out that way as far as motivation wise, when you don't really, you know, do something you have passion in, right? Nobody has to tell you to go and get a master's, right? You know, in real estate, no one has to tell you, hey, right. you know, uh, yeah, you want to be an edge professor, you know, a real estate professor? Yeah. No one has to tell you to do that. It was a natural thing because you enjoy what you do. So, absolutely. And, yeah, 100%. So, um, yeah, cool, man. Um, so, so staying in the realm of, you know, pulling it back a little bit, right? Your first real estate investment, like your first project, whether it be personal or whatever, right? Like, what was that? Was it, I don't know, buying your first home or buying a single family home? Like what, what, what was that? And how did you get started? Yeah, I guess I'll talk about probably two deals. I mean, obviously the, the first one was buying my house, uh, bought my house in 2011 or, or primary residence in 2011. Uh, I bought it right before, uh, I got married and mind you, this was 2011. Yeah. So we were coming out of 0809 and you know, the, Buckled, you know, financial crisis. So they still, even two years later, they still had foreclosures. And so I bought a foreclosure that was maybe worth one hundred and thirty thousand, and I bought it for a hundred thousand. And it, it needed a little bit of work, but I'm like, man, I was my. I think I was two years in career at that time, and I was putting money in my four hundred one k, and I was seeing 
you know, like a seven to eight percent return. I'm like, man, my net worth is just going through the roof. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, even though I was probably net, I had student loans. And then in one transaction, thirty thousand dollars in net worth. And mm-hmm. I was like, hmm, okay, I need to do more research. There's, there's something to on this. <laughs> like, there's something real about this. Mm-hmm. And uh, I started networking. I went to a lot of real estate events. Um, and there's a lot of really good ones around town, especially now. Um, but 10 years ago, I went to a real estate investment group and people had to buy single family houses. So my first single family rental, uh, I bought, and this is going to sound crazy in 2021 terms, but it was three beds, two baths, 1600 square feet. And I bought it for $58,000. And I financed it hard money, and I brought five thousand dollars to closing. Bring back those numbers for me, please. (laughs) (laughs) Bring back Uh, about two years. The house appraised for like a hundred thousand, and I went back to a lender and I refinanced, and I cashed out twenty-two thousand dollars in two years on a five thousand dollar investment. So. Uh, kind of hooked after that, and uh, yeah, I remember writing the writing the contract because I, I bought it from a wholesaler, and we wrote the contract literally on the hood of his car, and it was like three thousand dollars hard earnest money. Like I needed to wire him the funds by the end of the day, and I remember my hand was just like even more shaky as I wired him three thousand dollars that was non refundable. Um, Man, but you know the deal worked out, and uh, I don't think I'm gonna find a deal like that anytime soon. <laughs> Man, hey, if you do, please please let me know about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, so so okay, so I, I don't want I don't want that to go over people's head, right? Uh, hard money loan, like what? Can you maybe just brief explanation, like what what is? Yeah. It, right? So the house needed some repairs. Typical lenders, mortgage companies. You know, traditional lending won't lend on houses that need repair uh, and a hard money lender uh, will give you a loan based on what the property would be worth after repair. And they'll give you 70 to 75 percent of that cost. So I bought the property in mind. It's been a couple of years, but let's say I bought the property for 60,000 to make the math easy. Um, it needed 5,000 in repairs. It was worth 80,000 after it was fixed up. So they gave me 75% of the after repaired value. So 75 of 80,000 is 60,000. At least I hope so. Doing math in my head there. And then, yeah, I had to bring 5,000 to close. Um, Where if I would have bought that traditionally $60,000 purchase, I would have had to put 20% down. So I'd have to put 12,000 down and I'd have to do the repairs myself. So I would have put, $17,000 $17,000 down. Not not the same deal at that point. Yeah, no, no, Three no, no, times no. the money that I put down. Uh, it was also, it was literally, we closed on that October 2013 and I got married March 2014. And Jesus Christ, I hope those dates are right. <laughs> pretty sure I got married March 2014. <laughs> Uh, I'm wrong. Jesus, what a mistake! But uh, I remember, like, I ca- I cashed out because I switched companies. I cashed out my 401k, 
Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, I could just use this money to pay for the wedding. I was like, man, it's just a one day thing. I want to, and I want to, I want to buy more rental property and, you know, set our family up. And man, we had a knockdown drag out fight, but then I knew she, I knew she was the one Felix. She was like, you know, you're probably right. You should do the real estate deal and we'll figure out the wedding later. So got married, did the deal, you know, the deal played out, you know, $22,000 later, you know, happy wife, happy life. Awesome, man. Now, Russell, you know, I, I know that was a quick rundown, man, but I think there's a lot of lessons. I think even just in the initial, you know, process of you doing it, right? I mean, like I said, you know, 5000 depending on where you are in life, that can be a lot of money, you know? So, and uh, <laughs> especially when you don't have a lot, right? So when you got to put that down, yeah. you know, that's a, that's a lot to think about, but um, but I think it's important and we'll kind of get into it as we continue the conversation is that, I mean, there's different levels of real estate, right? You know, and there's multiple levels. So you can, I think there's opportunities to get in where you fit in, right? So where it makes sense for you. Right. That's the important part, because I think sometimes, you know, there's a misconception that, man, I got to have a lot of money down or I got a lot, I have a lot of cash or a lot of equity or whatever the case may be just to even, you know, take a step in. And um, but that's not always true. Right. So it just really depends on the situation, depends on the deal and how you want to structure it. Yeah, no, that's very true. I mean, you know, I was a part of a really good group, investor group, um, and they I was highly educated when I made that decision. So um, and they they had like a hotline you could call and I asked every question you could imagine. And they were like, "Nah, man, this this sounds like it's going to work. You just you, know, you just got to pull the trigger. So, you know, it wasn't just me out there by myself. I think I had a couple of my friends come by and look at it as well. Just, you know, it's a team sport. So if they saw something that I didn't see, obviously they would have let me know. But, you know, you got to yeah. pull the trigger at the end of the day. Yeah. No, nah, man, well said. Well said. And no, I definitely just got to jump. So, um, you know, for some people, real estate, right, is like we talked about before, is like kind of being daunting or it's confusing because it's just, a lot of numbers, a lot of jargon, you know, amortization, all this other kind of stuff, right? That you may or may not know what it is. Why do you think it's important for folks to really like learn the process of real estate investing, right? Before just jumping in. Yeah, I think that's the, you know, the risky part is not knowing what you're doing, you know? Um, and I, I do think there's, there's risk in trying to do it all on your own. Um, but why I think it's important to invest in real estate is, I mean, it is the tried and true generational real estate, uh, generational wealth building asset, uh, in America. So, you know, for you, for anyone to be an American and not understand how, you know, us real estate works, like you, you're probably passing up wonderful opportunities, um, especially in, especially in Houston and Texas, as people continue to move here. Uh, I mean, you're seeing properties that were worth thousand dollars ten years ago are probably worth two hundred thousand dollars. Listen, I, man, I, I, so I wish I owned regret. some Austin. I wish I owned some Austin property oh, about, 50 oh years, about fifty years ago. Right? <laughs> you know, it's it's just ridiculous, and and just the uh, appreciation in, in values over the last four to five years. You know, it's just been incredible. So. It's it's something that you gotta you gotta have someone in your network 
or someone in just someone that you know that has you know some expertise in real estate that way you can tap into arguably the best asset class to invest in in america awesome no man, I, I think that's well said you know like you said it's uh you don't have to do it on your own it's key you know it's key in numbers and, and knowledge and having multiple people kind of talk you through it i know when i first bought um well when we when my wife and i when we bought our first house i, mean, I tapped into our network right asked asked a bunch of questions you know um to make sure i understood what i was doing and why so um you know because really that first home was really a the whole plan was always for it to be an investment property so um yeah. to make sure i was thinking about it you know in the right way so no i mean it's definitely it's power in numbers and, and and asking questions and um so no that's, that's awesome man so okay so so you bought your first home and i'm sure you and i know your story a little bit right so you bought several homes after that right and kind of continue that process a little bit yep. and then you started your own real estate investment firm right which has grown to what it is today what what made you start that what made you kind of switch gears a little bit and uh and kind of start this whole firm yeah so stratford originally started it was me uh brandon cheatham and valor thomas and i remember on one of the other houses that i bought you know i bought with a, a hard money lender and it was really a private lender so it was you know just just a regular guy lending money and i saw one i saw all the hustling i was doing and i saw what he wasn't doing and i saw how much money he made from the same transaction i was like man wouldn't mind being on the other side of this transaction as well so i met with him and uh you know he kind of schooled me up on private lending and uh, i was like man i put together a group of people uh we pulled some resources together and we went in on a couple of of loans with him um so i've been on the private lending side um and that's really how it started um we did that for maybe three or four years and uh as i continued to grow and expand and you know I graduated business school uh, i really wanted to do bigger projects and bigger properties um by that time i was actually transitioning out of uh being a single family landlord because i got up to i think i got up to three rentals and uh i wanted to go for bigger projects so i ended up selling all of my properties and uh we closed out all of our loans and uh about two years ago uh with some partners we bought a, a 72 unit apartment uh south of houston and uh we raised 1.5 million dollars to uh to close that transaction and that was kind of like okay this is how you raise money and do bigger projects and what i saw from that similar to the private lending because we brought in a you know a bunch of our friends was that you know you're able to impact a lot more people by doing that and just you know instead of doing it on your own um and what i've learned having been through the last two years owning that that uh, apartment is that like you've already mentioned there's strength in numbers and i i am very fortunate i feel that i sold the properties when i did even though prices are appreciating right now mm -hmm. you know i i really think about being a single family landlord by myself over the last 18 months it's particularly the last 12 months because in september of last year there was an eviction moratorium 
and uh, that I don't have to go in how, <laughs> how yeah. terrifying that is as a landlord to say, yeah. wait, someone doesn't yeah. have to pay, but all of my bills are still due. Mm-hmm. You know, how is this supposed to work? I read so many articles of single family landlords just, you know, and that was their retirement. And I don't mean to scare people out of investing in real estate, but especially on your own. But, you know, that was really difficult. But for our apartment, because we had partners and we had more people invested. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were fine. Uh, we, I mean, we had we had our problems through COVID just like everybody else. But there wasn't a time where I thought if I was on my own, I definitely would have thought about, man, I, I may lose I may lose some of these in. You know, when you're a single family landlord, most of your loans are recourse and they're fully guaranteeing them. And with the cash reserve you have, and then the money starts going and people aren't paying and people getting rude with you because they're not paying and they don't have to pay. You know, you say you're going to get rent relief, but are you really going to get rent relief? And, and, then, and then the bank knocks on your door and says, hey, um, can I have those keys? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, it was really a testament to really what I thought about before I sold them was like, I want to be a part of bigger projects, yep. uh, bring in more, more resources and make it so that uh, everybody wins because obviously the investors still need to get a win uh, for contributing capital. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, it's been an interesting last year and a half. Yep. through the pandemic so yeah. no see but I, I think that's that's interesting and really good perspective that you know i don't want people to miss right because i mean there's risk in everything right and it's not just real estate anything you do there's some form of risk right so but understanding what those risks right are always definitely key but you know before you decide to make an investment decision but you know i mean like the pandemic right hit you know our economy and pretty much the world economy severely right and so when you hear those moratoriums go out you know you feel for people who can't pay right you know and lose their jobs and all that etc but people forget like hey there's somebody who owns that building there's somebody who owns that you know that home or that apartment or whatever somebody right and it's not always just a big you know no-name bank who's got you know billions of dollars in reserves it it can be junius williams the fourth who's you know using all that rental income to feed his family right and then you don't pay your you don't pay those bills if you can right but you choose not to right because you know let's not lie it's not like act like there are people out there that won't do that too right sure. um you like you 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 affect him too right you you affect those folks too so so it, it goes it goes both ways right i think it's important for people to understand both sides of the coin you know so because that's a part of it right that's a part of the risk right so it, yeah i mean I don't know that I would do, I say this now, but I don't know that I would do another deal by myself. I mean, I would need probably four times the the equity required to feel comfortable Mm -hmm. just because I just feel like something is going to go wrong. You don't know what it is, but you, you know, where you really lose in real estate is where you you run out of money and you're not able to deal with the issues. And the way I, I was financing the three deals that I got to, I mean, I was saving every penny and it was by the, you know, by my shoelace to get in these deals. So it wasn't like I had a hundred grand in the bank and it's like, yeah, I'll cover the mortgages for a year. That's not how I was operating. But with a bigger operation and a bigger opportunity, we were able to have funds in the bank to, to withstand, you know, the punishment that the pandemic doled out. 
So yeah. for going yeah. in with other people and obviously you got to find people that you know, like, and trust to do that. Yeah, no, man. I, I think, like I said, I think that's, that's why it's really interesting perspective because a lot of times when we think about real estate investing, or if you got a nine to five and you want to invest on your own, right. As a side gig or passive income, you usually think about that as a one person or, or a partner, two team, you know, kind of partnership. Right. And so, but like you said, there's power in numbers, you know, um, for people that know what they're doing. So, 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 so next question, right. So some folks, right. You know, that want to get involved in real estate, but don't have the time, right. To dedicate to learning, you know, all about it, or they don't want to swing a hammer. Like, Hey, look, I, I like my job. I want to do this, but I, I want to invest, but I don't have time to do that. Like what, you know, how does maybe investing in a firm like yours provide maybe more passive returns or wealth versus those that want to keep their day job? Does it make sense? Yeah. I mean, for one, just, just like we've already talked about, I, I've been in real estate for seven years. You know, I went to school, I've invested my own, I've, I've seen a lot of stuff. So for someone just starting out, I mean, you're, you're competing not only with me and the resources I have, you're competing now with Wall Street, Blackstone, and like all the biggest companies in the world where if we come together, we have a, we're able to be nimble and we're able to pull enough resources to compete, you know, in, in the niche that we're trying to compete in. Uh, additionally, if you, you know, if someone chooses to invest with us or reach out to us, I mean, you get to tap into the experience that I've already had, the knowledge that I have, uh, you know, the, the track, you know, the, the track record that we already have. You can come by and see our, our projects and you can see that it's, you know, we are who we say we are. So, you know, it's similar to, you know, if Mark Zuckerberg came to you and said, Hey man, I got this idea for a website. I'd probably give him as much money as I possibly could. I mean, his track record is, you know, it's like, yeah, I mean, he created Facebook, right? He's like the youngest billionaire ever. Clearly I'm not Mark Zuckerberg, but it's kind of the same thing. It's like, man, it's, I basically devoted my life to doing this. And uh, wherever someone is in their life, like they devoted their life to doing that at that time, you know, yeah. however old they are. And to think that, I don't know, nah, that was going to sound bad, but. Like to think that a newbie was going to start and you could just learn all the other stuff mm -hmm. and catch up to speed. That's really, really difficult. And yeah. Uh, yeah. especially when there are other avenues, I think had I known about investing with other people when I was, you know, 10 years ago or just coming out of school, I would have, I would have done that and would have learned through, through that osmosis. And then, you know, maybe as things continue to progress, I would have looked at doing things on my own, but that wasn't, that wasn't my path. Yeah, no, man, but, but it's still an important path to go through, right? Because you learn from that experience and then realize, you know, the difference between both sides, you know? So, um, cause I mean, you think about it like this, you know, it's kind of like if, if you decide to, you know, you know, invest in, in the stock market, right. But you just, you know, you pick any stock. Right. Just based on your own knowledge versus maybe talking to, you know, an actual investment advisor. Right. And somebody who who knows and is trained. You yeah, know, like on this is what they do. It. It, it, like this is what yeah. they do. Right. Like, no, 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 no. I'm not going to listen to them. I, I know better. Right. And it's not to say that you can't win, you know, uh, what right. is it, a broke clock. 
you know, his at least twice, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. every time. So, uh, but at the same time, you you know, why would you ignore this wealth of knowledge, this opportunity right here? You know, it makes. I mean, the yeah. it, it goes back to my conversation earlier. Is like, dude, I was getting by. Yeah. You know, I bought the three rentals. Like I said, I didn't have enough in savings. I would have. Luckily, I I got out when I did, but that's I think that's more luck than me being some superstar real estate investor. I just knew I just had a feeling that being a part of bigger deals was going to be safer than doing trying to do smaller deals on my own. And I feel like I would have gotten cleaned out during the pandemic if I mean, I had three properties. I mean, if one of them stopped paying. I was going to be in a bad spot. You know, I yep. just had a baby and I have all this other stuff going on yeah. and, you know, I have life happening around me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, when the pandemic started, you know, I work in home building. So it was like, how is this going to work? End up working out great for some reason. Everybody started buying houses, which was great. But had that gone the wrong way and say I lost my job and then I have people not paying properties, it's like, I'm just going to have to fold up and just I'm going to give them all. I'm going to give them all back. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I obviously I'm I'm biased because I've gone through, you know, that experience. But I think being able to invest with other people, you know, at the end of the day, if something would, were to have really gone wrong, we could have said, hey, can everybody we had 40 investors, I think, mm-hmm. in the apartment, man, can everybody put in five thousand yeah. dollars? That's two hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. That is a year's worth of debt service on an apartment mm. and we would have been just fine had it been hey yeah, you gotta pay for this house by yourself and that's yeah. twelve thousand dollars a year because yeah. your mortgage is a thousand bucks yeah and then you got three of them so if all three go wrong it's like okay like yeah. how am i supposed to have thirty six thousand dollars just yeah. come out of the thin air in the middle of a pandemic i got lucky i think yeah i just changed my strategy really Got you, nah, man. Now that, like I said, that's 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 the important part is knowing when to pivot, knowing how to pivot, right? But I think hopefully this opens up folks' eyes, right, to just different opportunities. You know, when it comes to real estate, like you don't, it's not just one way to do it, right? So, hey, thanks for tuning in. Be on the lookout for part two of this episode releasing next week. Make sure you click the subscribe button. Until next time, keep building.